We've always believed in something called progress. It's time to get lit. What kind of lit? Health lit. That's what I'm talking about. It's time to get educated about health conditions affecting our community. Your health is very important. Check in with experts on important topics like breast cancer, diabetes, prematurity, and much more. This show is lit. No one should know you better than you. So lock in. Welcome to Your Health is Lit. Hi guys, welcome to another Your Health is Lit podcast. I'm Charlotte Walker, aka the PDMP. I'm Donna Williams, aka the Public Health Queen. And tonight's episode is going to be a little different. So we we're going to have our financial wellness segment, but our guests had to do a little switcheroo. So we will be doing that next week. And tonight we are going to make it do what it do. <laughs> have to adapt. Yep, so we still have plenty of hot lit news for you guys. We have a really crazy story, so much so that it's the only story we're doing. Uh, we're going to talk to y'all about, we're coming for the smokers tonight. We're we coming for y'all on this evening. And um, then we have a really dope story to wrap it all up nicely. So it's not our usual long, hour-long show. However, we tired. <laughs> So we're just gonna call this a mini episode, a mini sode. We we gonna make, but we wanted to we a mini sode. But we know that y'all look forward every Friday to a dope show, and so we're gonna give y'all what we got for a poke chop in the famous words of Chingy. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we gonna give y'all tonight. Ah, Donna, what's new with you? Um, nothing. Just working. Tired. Okay. That work-life balance. Yep, yep, yep. Same, same. Um, so we're really excited. I'm gonna start out with on a little emotional tip. Um, tonight's episode I'm gonna dedicate to Ashanti Dalton. So Ashanti is um one of my patients that I took care of before I was even a nurse, and she um, has cystic fibrosis, which is a genetic disease that affects the lungs, the kidneys, um, and just all different parts of the body. What's really crazy is it does not really affect black people. And so to meet Ashanti, um, I've known her since she was eight years old and she uh, passed away yesterday um, from the disease. And so I talked to her mom this morning and just told her that um, I was gonna dedicate the show to her tonight just because that was my girl. And so I just, you know, many prayers and love to her family. And I am grateful for the time that she was here on this earth. We have some really crazy stories of us cutting up in the hospital together. And I'm going to cherish those memories. And it just reminds me of how every life you touch, man. So when um, I thought it was just so amazing that her mom in her time of grief thought enough of me to like, text me be like I need to talk to you I gotta tell you what happened um so that's just that's that so much love to Ashanti and her mom she's been on my heart all day and so I was like you know what we dedicating the show to her. <laughs> that's what I'm gonna do um so whenever CF Awareness Month um happens we will be talking about it um, just to make people aware, because even though it's not one of the things that plagues our community, it can happen. And even the couple of people that are Black and have CF, we want to um, be able to educate and help other people understand the disease better. So 
R.I.P. to Ashanti. I can't even believe she's freaking sixteen. <laughs> no, that's crazy. But definitely condolences to you know her family and definitely a time like this. And I definitely think that it would be good to do a segment on that and definitely highlight that for that awareness month. Yeah, a lot of people, individuals, don't really know about cystic fibrosis. Um, about cystic fibrosis so i think that would be an amazing segment so we're gonna do it and i'm, I'm gonna get all my pictures together and us playing we in her hospital room and <laughs> the craziness that we used to do yeah so that was my day today so that's why i'm just my soul is tired today um let's hop into this lit news story it's not really that much better i've seen this every every everywhere and if you guys don't know what we're talking about, um, it's the nurse who was arrested for rape of a woman in a vegetative state who gave birth at care facility. Girl, look. So when I first saw the story, I saw the story before they before they locked up. Me the, too. Before they locked the guy. They were up. like woman, thirty nine or thirty some years old, thirty six. Well, I don't know how old the lady is, but 36. she was in a vegetative state. And had like delivered a baby and nobody knew she was pregnant. And I'm like, how, Sway? <laughs> how do you miss a whole pregnancy? She's 29. Oh, she's 29. He's 36. Yeah, he's 36 and she's 29. I just she, think that. What I saw that disturbed me the most is it said that she's been in a vegetative state since she was three years old. I think it's very very sick so let's unpack all of this because on so many levels this is disgusting um one for somebody to be in a in a vegetative state so for people who don't know what a vegetative state is it is you know those people who um aren't really all there with it doesn't necessarily mean that they're comatose sometimes it can but to me vegetative state because i've seen um, kiddos who are like awake and laughing, but they are severely like they're they don't even they don't know what they're laughing about. Mm-hmm. Um, they, you know, they're just they're just kind of existing. Um, and so to me, um, you know, I can definitely understand, especially with her being 29, if she's been in a position like this where you know she has been like this since she was three. You have to remember, you know, as she gets older, her parents are getting older. And so the amount of care that it takes to, cause I used to do it working on um, asthma pulmonary because we would see a lot of these kids who have like neurological devastation. So basically like brain disorders or mental retardation, whatever you want to call it, they would be tricked, vented. They've been this way since they were kids. A lot of these kids I just watched grow up because they're in and out of the hospital and they get heavier and heavier and heavier. <laughs> And it's harder for the parents. There's one patient in particular um, that I remember her grandmother had custody of her. So when we first, when I first started, homegirl was like 12 and she wasn't as big. Grandma was younger. But as, as she got older, it got a lot harder to take care of her. And she would come in there and would be on her cycle. Like just because you're in a vegetative state, your body doesn't stop functioning. And um, a couple of times we tried to talk to grandma about putting her on birth control so that way grandma wouldn't have to deal with her having her cycle every month but grandma wasn't with it she's like oh no because ain't nobody messing with her 
So Granny would know. Granny, Granny was keeping an eye out, keeping an eye out. Um, but it, as she got older, I was really concerned because I'm like, what happens to her after, you know, if her grandmother passes away? Granny, she getting up there. And she was an adult. She was 18 um, the last time I took care of her. 18 years old. So these kids that are born with these, you know, a lot of times I feel like we see the kids in the wheelchairs and the parents have them dressed up so cute and we want to love on them, but these kids turn into adults. And so um, I haven't seen anybody like shaming the family for having her in a care center. But if anybody is questioning why you would do that, it's because it's a lot of hard work. You have to change them, turn them every two hours, do feeds. I mean, there's just so, there's so much care. I don't know if she was I think it says she was intubated or like, I don't know if she was traked or not, but there are so many different things that go into it. And so I, I just feel like I could see people being like, well, why did her family have her in there to begin with? That's why. My thing is how it said that the doctor assessed her um, assessment and he noticed her stomach area, but sway. How? Houseway. So here's my thing. Like I'm trying. I want to know was she obese? No. I when I read down to the end of the article, she was only 122 pounds. Because that was my thought. I was like, well, maybe she's obese. And I was like, I'm like, because we do assessments. The nurses do assessments. Um, if he was her, so we do a thing called primary nursing. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if I had a patient like Key Aiden. So you remember we had Kiaden's mom on? I was his primary nurse. So when I worked, I always had Kiaden, mm-hmm. always. So unless there was some kind of like primary nursing going on to where he was the only nurse that took care of her, you know what I'm saying? Um, and the doc, because a lot of time in the long-term care facilities, it's not like the hospital. The doctors, they do- the doctors come to see their patients, but I think it's less frequently, maybe on the weekly or monthly basis. Yeah, that is true though in long term, because not every, I because she was in long term care. Mm-hmm. Days. So it's that, not like at a hospital where we seeing her every day. This yeah. is like a nursing home where she lives here. Yeah, so that's probably why. But my thing is, I don't know. It's just weird. Like, was the how often was the family coming? To uh, yeah, visit her. We don't know how long this nurse has been doing this, and who else he's doing it to. Exactly. So it's just like, it's a lot. It's so disturbing. And for me, um, for me being a nurse, he was an LPN. Cause I know some people be like, well, he was just LPN. No, like there's nurse. We're nurses. We are trusted to care for people in their most vulnerable times. And you just have to be some kind of sick to, to do, to take advantage of somebody who can't talk, who can't, it's just like how are you even looking at her in this way like how can you do this and this is probably somebody that you have to like help change her diapers when she stools like it's crazy you just have it's just mental illness is real and not that I'm using that as a scapegoat but I just feel like you have to be some kind of sick I I like you got to be some kind of sick some type of big stick and it says that he started working there in 2012 so it's 2019 now how mm-hmm. how long he's been doing it and it says that obviously he was assigned to a unit um treating um intellectually disabled people wow 
since 2014 he was assigned to that unit so we definitely don't know how long um he's been doing this and i you know what i highly doubt that it's the first person that's ever happened to if he's been there for so long because if he predators or predators i watch we watch enough id to know donna (laughs) predators are predators and so if that if she just made me the first one that got pregnant you feel what I'm saying? Like, and there's, and she just needed the first one where there's evidence that he actually did it. It's crazy. And as I'm reading on, like in the article, it says that the guy, um, which is, his name is Mr. Sutherland. It said he was offered a DNA sample only after he was shown a court order to do so. And that he invoked his fifth amendment right to avoid self incrimination when he was arrested. Mr. Sutherland's DNA sample was taken Tuesday, was checked, rechecked, triple checked by the department crime laboratory before they arrested him. And then my thing is like, I just, as the story unfolds, like what made, what led you to him? Um, I wonder if they did it to all the male nurses in the facility. You know, I just have like so many questions. Was he the only one that was tested or questioned? Because then that means that somebody noticed a pattern. If they immediately was like, him with the lazy eye. Uh, If they, if, if that is, I just, I have so many questions. My biggest thing, well, my, so that was my biggest thing. One, you know, I can definitely understand why the family has her in a long-term care facility. Who knows if she even has any family that's alive? Yeah, this is it, just too much going on. And from the looks of it, this, this is not the first time to this facility. Mm-hmm. Um, because not this type of situation, but farther reading into it, two doctors who were treated um, patients at the facility, including the woman at the center of the case, they no longer work in the nursing home. And um, last week, the Arizona healthcare cost contaminant, um, the, the Arizona healthcare cost system, who manages their state Medicare program, notified one of the doctors that he had been suspended and could not work at the facility or any uh, other Medicaid supported facility in the state. It sounds like there's so much shadiness going on. And there was a, a provider who also um, who resigned last week as well. Yo, let me tell you. This is why, and like I said, I, we don't know if she even has family. She's almost 30. You know, if her parents were older, we don't, we don't know her situation so I can't really divulge into like why would like why nobody coming to visit her like um you know those kind of things and I don't want to speculate but all I know is total care kids that's what we call them when you have like you're totally dependent Mm -hmm. even in the hospital because I worked peds total care kids that turn into total care adults that's what makes me worry and even working as a NICU nurse it was an ethical conflict that I had because some of these 23 week neonates we would do everything to help save their life but then they're mentally retarded the rest of their life and it's great when they're small right because mommy and daddy can handle that and they they can take great care of that that kiddo but I'm like what happens after this mm-hmm. um and so it's a lot of work um the fact that this dude is a nurse bothers me to my core because you know in every profession there's a bad apple 
and this is not like what our <laughs> this is not what we're about and it's just, it's so disgusting and just on so many levels all of the things that we learn about patient care and advocating and taking care of people who can't you know are vulnerable and can't take care of themselves and the vulnerable populations um the doctor yo let me tell y'all something when i tell y'all when i have a kid in office if i suspect anything we going we're going i'm going to further investigate it you cannot just show up with a, a hard abdomen. I would have been like, okay, let's, like, when was the last time she stooled? Um, like, I just like there are more questions to go behind that. You know what I'm saying? Like, abdomen firm, even when my dad was in the hospital um, and I was combing through his records, days before I got there and he ended up septic, the doctors were writing that they noticed that his abdomen was distended. Like, y'all didn't think to do nothing then? Yeah. So I just, like, if I notice a change in a patient or if, you know, like at a patient today, they were concerned about her having chest pain. Okay, let's do EKG in the office. Let's, it could be nothing. But I can't, in good conscience, send you home and make sure that it's not nothing. Yeah. Let's do EKG, let's do labs, you know, and, but, you know, I'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. Like, it could be absolutely nothing. But it could be something. And this is why I am like that. Because I know I feel like I'm such a worry wart. There are some things that other providers probably wouldn't do, but no, nah, because of stuff like this. Um sorry. I'm definitely interested in keeping up with the story and kind of seeing how this trial unfolds. Yeah. Oh, she does have family. It says family says woman is not in a coma. Mm. She just has significant intellectual disabilities so like i said she's not comatose so she probably laid there and now this is making me even more upset she probably laid there trapped in her own thoughts couldn't say anything couldn't say nothing just trapped in her own thoughts being raped yeah and probably we don't know how many times she's been raped. sick uh, yes it says that she is not in a coma she has significant intellectual disabilities as a result of a seizure disorder from her childhood. So she does not speak, but has some ability to move her limbs, head and neck. She responds to sound and makes facial gestures. So it sounds like she is very um, with it, but just can't speak. Can't speak. Super sad. I'm definitely gonna keep up with this story to see what happened to him. Yeah. Yeah, this is disgusting. I know for sure they're gonna prop, they're gonna revoke his nursing license. He needs to go under the jail. Um, but it's so crazy. The medical records say on April sixteenth, the doctor noted a firm belly. No further testing. Blood, urine, nothing. Yeah, that's no. poor. That's poor patient yeah. care on the doctor yeah the doctor had given the woman so he this has been his patient since 2009 yeah he definitely dropped the ball you tripping and it said that she has a breathing tube so she's tricked like as i suspected feeding tube as i suspected and um in march she weighed 112 pounds so she wasn't obese so wow he needs to be under the jail. So many, this is why advocating for your family members are important 
and being present and understanding what is going on. Um, and, and no, by no means am I blaming her family, but I'm just like, I, if they were going to visit her frequently, and it sounds like they are involved from their statement, yo, you ain't notice her belly. <laughs> you ain't notice nothing. And then ask about it. You ain't Don't nothing. be afraid to ask questions, y'all. If somebody's in the hospital that you love and you have a question, ask it. Ask it. And if, and if one person doesn't want to um, answer your question, you ask questions until you find somebody that will listen to you. Yep. And that, the, that's why this is important. On a lighter note, they say the baby's doing well. So, like, you know, the baby's okay. Because to me, you know, with her being intubated on feeding tubes, I'm like, is the baby, like, you know, is the baby okay? Because there's a certain amount of oxygen that they need. And it's not like is the family want to keep this, going to want to keep this child. You go, well, you don't, we don't know, child. But I can definitely, like, I, I can't, even, I don't want to think about it. Because that's the same thing when we talk about those ethical things, like if somebody is raped, mm-hmm. um, you know, when they're talking about making abortions illegal. Um, who am I to say that, you know, a life doesn't matter, right? So on one end, I have like my faith. And then on the other end, I'm like, who am I to say that if you've been raped, what to do with your body? Yeah. <laughs> so I definitely am at, in limbo and in conflict. So we'll see. But the, y'all, the story, there was so much to unpack. So much. So much. All right, y'all. On a lighter note. I don't think it's lighter. It's not light. It's, I'm sorry, y'all. The show's not light today, okay? We have a healthy win at the end that's really great, but, but not now because we're about to come for y'all. So our segment today we are about to light y'all up, pun intended, because we're talking about smoking and um, the effect that it has on our communities. So African-Americans, we are, um, we usually smoke fewer cigarettes and start um, smoking cigarettes earlier than other populations, but we are more likely to die from smoking-related diseases. That COPD, um, heart disease, stroke, cancer. Um, so tobacco use is a major contributor to the leading causes of deaths um, in our community, which are heart disease, cancer, and stroke. Diabetes is the fourth leading cause of death, in case anybody uh, wanted to know. And they say that um, our youth, compared to other groups, have a lower rate of smoking so it's not like we have you know all the little black kids around here smoking cigarettes um but we again are just more susceptible to all of these um you know these comorbidities or you know diseases that we're already prone to like hypertension um heart disease and cancer so even though we smoke fewer cigarettes and start later, we die more. Um, it's, it's a suspense of habit, too. Yeah, okay. It is, it is a suspense, suspense, suspense of habit. If you smoke one pack of cigarettes a day, the average cost for one pack of cigarettes per day is $7. 
Love. That equals out to $49 per week, week, which in return equals out to $196 per month, which is in time enter out per year $2,352, which could have been in your savings account, which in 10 years equals $23,520. And with that much money, you can get flued out. You can get flued out. With the $2,000. Okay. <laughs> Just with the $2,000 alone. So. so we are we and that's my thing it's like when you were smoking cigarettes you were literally paying somebody to kill you like oh yeah thank you for this and and they're getting rich um and then our children are more likely so even though we smoke later our children are more likely to be exposed to secondhand smoke um more than any other racial group so in 2012 68 percent of african-american children between ages three and 11. that's sad we got to do better yeah um and so here's my issue being a pediatric nurse practitioner is that that now okay if you're going to smoke adult guardian family member fine kill yourself but um when the baby comes to me and now they're exhibiting symptoms of asthma or frequently getting, um, having inflammation in their lungs. Um, that's a problem to me because they're not even old enough to make that choice. And people think because you walk outside and you smoke a cigarette, oh, I don't smoke around the baby, I go outside. But when you come back, that stuff is on your clothes, it's in your hair. And studies have found even third-hand smoke is linked to cancer. So third hand being like, let's say you smoke a cigarette outside, you come in, it's on your shirt, you sit on the couch, you get up, the kid comes and sits on the couch, and now they've been exposed. Oh, wow. That's something new I learned. So particularly with the kids, I know that there's a law um, that recently passed to where you can get a ticket for smoking in the car with children, and I think that that is amazing, and they need to pull everybody over. Because it's it's not fair to them. It's it literally is chemicals. It's in their lungs. These kids come in so sick. We have one of the highest prevalence rates with as um, asthmatics in our community. You can die from asthma. I think people take it way too lightly, and the constant um, exposure called like help like makes the hyperinflation in the lungs even worse. Um, it, I don't understand it. And I think just as, like you said, as a community, we have to do better. Um, it is imperative that we take care of ourselves because there are a lot of things that we cannot control in regards to our genetics and trying to figure out, um, you know, what is, you know, what is going on to where we're more prone for prematurity and more prone for, um, uh, you know, cancer and all of that. And it drives me nuts that, you know, we will add something more to the mix. So my recommendation is if you smoke, ask your doctor about cessation. They actually should be talking to you about it all the time. It is not too late. Um, I don't care how long you've been smoking. My, my Gigi, when she got her original diagnosis, uh, breast cancer, she quit cold turkey. And she smoked for a very long time, my whole life. 
um, up until I was 16. She said she wanted to live to see her great grandkids and that the cancer scare was enough for her. And she quit and she never picked up another cigarette again in her life. That's amazing. And a lot of people don't understand that there are, you know, different things out there. There is um, the quit.com um, where you actually can call someone because I've done it with my patient where, where you actually can call someone and they have a counselor sit on the phone with you. They'll make up a plan. Um, they'll um, um, ask you some questions to see which best fit, which, what is the best fit for you, like the patches, um, the gum, or is the the lounges, I think that sounds pronounced. Oh, yeah, the lounges. Um, yeah, the, what they'll um, send you and stuff. And then they'll have like a quick coach also that will call you um, like every two weeks just to check in on you. So there are different things. And even with like, insurance companies i know a lot of insurance companies have the otc benefits which is the over-the-counter benefits mm-hmm. and, um, with some insurance companies you get a uh, monthly allowance and so with that monthly allowance they do have um like the smoking sensation products mm-hmm. that can um help you so there are different programs um and different resources that are out there to help you for that yep And so we just want to encourage everybody. We know that smoking is an addiction um, and nicotine is addictive. Do not, I want to encourage you, like, do not take one bad habit and replace it with something else. So I've had a lot of people say like, oh, I don't smoke cigarettes anymore. Now I vape. Um, You guys know how we feel about vaping here at Your Health is <laughs> because we had talked about it so many times, but in one car. This is worse too. It is worse. It's, there's about 24 um cigarettes and one nicotine cartridge for a vape um apparatus so don't exchange one bad habit for another just because you're not um those even just because you don't see the smoke that same those same chemicals are um in that product and so we just want to just give some tips um just about smoking cessation so Quitting smoking means that you have to break the cycle. So it literally is going to take for you to rewire your brain. Um, you need to have a plan and you need to avoid triggers. So if every time you go out to the club, you want to smoke a cigarette at the bar, guess where you shouldn't go? The club. Until you feel like you can handle that and you're not triggered. So if every time you eat um I don't know, buffalo wings, you feel like you want a cigarette, you probably should, you should avoid eating, you know, eating buffalo wings. If you, there's a certain group of people that you hang out with and y'all all smoke together and you know that that's not just something you're trying not to do, you're going to have to take a step back from that and just avoid your triggers. Um, we want you to know that, like I said, it's never too late and you will start seeing the benefits of quitting smoking in as little as one hour after your last cigarette. Did you know that, Donna? I did not know that. So the benefits are almost instant. So as soon as you stop smoking, within an hour, after as little as 20 minutes after the last cigarette, your heart rate drops and returns to normal, your blood pressure begins to drop, and your circulation will improve. After 12 hours, um, cigarettes have a lot of toxins, including like carbon monoxide, Um, which is present in cigarette smoke. The gas is harmful and fatal in high doses. So carbon monoxide, if you guys have ever 
um, like heard of carbon monoxide poisoning people dying, or if you start your car and your garage is down, um, you can accidentally or some people purposefully um, like do that as a suicide attempt. Though that same gas that we worry about when we get the monitors in our house, when you are smoking a cigarette, you are willfully putting that into your lungs. Um, so in high doses, the gas is fatal um, and suffocation uh, will start to occur after a short amount of time. After 12 hours without a cigarette, your body cleanses itself of that extra carbon monoxide that you've been putting in your body and your carbon monoxide levels return to normal, which helps increase your oxygen level. After just one day, um, your risk of heart attack begins to decrease. Um, so we know that smoking can um, increase your risk for high cholesterol and coronary artery disease. Um, and it also raises your blood pressure and includes, um, increases your risk of clotting, which then inc increases your risk of strokes and heart attacks. So if a clot is just going around floating around in your body and it lodges into your heart that's where your heart attacks come from for people who don't know anatomy and if it lodges in your brain you can have an you can have an ischemic stroke um anatomy class real quick yes yes i'm coming for anatomy because people are like clots why does that matter that's exactly why that matters so like um heavy d even though he didn't smoke he died because he threw a clot and it lodged into his heart so it was in his leg he was walking up the steps, it lodged into his heart, and it creates a blockage, and you have a massive heart attack or a stroke. Um, in as little as one day, your blood pressure begins to drop, um, and it decreases your risk of heart disease from smoking-induced high blood pressure. Your oxygen levels are back on the rise, and it will make your uh, physical activity a lot easier to do. What people may not know is that smoking damages the nerve endings that are responsible for um, your sense of smell and taste. So after two days of quitting, um, you'll have a better sense of smell and the, your taste buds and the nerves in your mouth will start to heal, so food will taste better. Um, three days after, you have no nicotine in your body. So that's when you start having people day three the day one and two, you're going to feel great. Like, I'm quitting. I'm doing it. Day three, your body has probably depleted its stores of the nicotine, and you turn into a beast. <laughs> yes. So day three. So that's where you have the moodiness and irritability, really bad headaches and cravings, but you got to fight your flesh. Fight that flesh. Fight it. You in charge. Um, after a month, your lung function improves. Um, you will like people typically notice increase um endurance and then about three months after their circulation gets any better nine months after quitting your lungs have significantly healed themselves um so all that cough that a lot of smokers have is because there are little finger-like hairs on the inside of your lungs they're called cilia mm -hmm. the the smoke basically kills them, and that's why you have all this mucus and the cough and the phlegm, and that's why you develop that smoker's cough. So after about nine months, um, your lungs are healing themselves. The cilia is like, it's like, oh, we back out here. And um, you're able to fight off infections and push mucus out of your lungs. After a year, 
your heart disease risk is cut in half. And then after five years, um, the likelihood of you having a stroke will reduce because your body is healing more and more. And then after about 20 years, your risk of death from smoke-related causes, um, including lung disease and cancer, drops to the level of a person who's never smoked in their entire life. This all reminds me of with public health, sometimes in public health, it's all about different models, um, models and theories. So this reminds me, it's called the um, trans theoretical model. Mm -hmm. um, also known um, as the stage of behavior. And it basically goes through like different steps, goes through like different behavioral changes. Mm -hmm. So like basically you start with um, the pre-contemplation, pre-contemplate, girl, I can't talk today. Y'all excuse me. <laughs> We know what you mean. <laughs> Pre um contemplation. I got you. Sir. Girl, I don't know what's wrong with me. Pre contemplate. We told y'all we was tired. <laughs> so it starts with these stages, basically. It's <laughs> <laughs> gonna be like today. We is just like acting great, great. Um, now when I get offline, I'm be able to say this, y'all. <laughs> Though, don't get it twisted. Donna is smart. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but every now and then, y'all, look, sometimes we just want to get flued out. Like today. <laughs> we are so tired. <laughs> okay, y'all. It starts first. Say it, Charlotte. Pre-contemplation. Pre-contemplation. I said that all wrong. You got it. Um, the stages have changed. So basically, it's like, I don't have a problem. And that's where a lot of people start at they really don't think that they have a problem or, or, or issue. So basically the model is just the person stating that I don't have a problem and then going into, well, Hey, I might have a problem. Like I listened to that. Your health is lit podcast. Yeah. So they're going through that stage of, I might have a problem and it ends up being these six stages. And then when they get to that, um, that preparation stage, it's like, okay, maybe I will change. So it's that individual deciding to um, make that behavioral change, uh, whether it's um, smoking or, or drinking. And then it goes into that action stage, like, okay, I'm going to make that change. But it, when it comes to that maintenance stage, when you're actually sustaining the behavior, like, okay, I'm not going to smoke anymore. This is my new life. This is what I'm doing. But it overall just ends um at that stage so i like to think of those behavioral changes in those um different stages so yeah yeah and that's actually we learned that in nursing too so that's really dope oh, yeah, yeah i was like oh yeah the, the um trans theoretical trans because yeah. you can go back you'll relapse we yeah, you can relapse mm -hmm. yep you'll yeah. you expect it and so here's the thing y'all if you relapse like don't be like oh we'll just forget it um, you you're gonna have that moment take a look and figure out what um what barrier you may have faced and then go back at it again you only fail when you quit yeah not quit smoking when you quit trying to quit smoking <laughs> that is right 
So we hope that, you know, not to condemn anybody that does smoke, but there are also, if you, people always tell me like, oh, I do this because I'm stressed. I do that because I'm stressed. Talk to a counselor, do something that's not self-destructive because you're stressed. Do something like go for a walk, go for a jog, talk to somebody, write in a journal, talk to Jesus, pray, get in your prayer closet, get in your face, like do whatever you got to do because you want to live a long, healthy life. Um, And I know that talking to my Gigi, you know, before she passed away, even though she was glad that she had quit smoking, she had expressed to me how she was. She had just never had done it Um, because now here we are. You know what I'm saying? She's like, you know, she's like, I just... I shouldn't. But back in the back in the day, you know, that was what they did. The cool people smoked cigarettes and, you know, you could smoke indoors and all that, all that stuff. So don't find yourself at a um, a point of regret in your life. So don't light it up. Throw them away. Throw them away today. Don't be like, oh, I'm going to smoke this last pack either. You're not making it any easier on yourself. Break them up. Flush them down the toilet. You're literally killing yourself. Over here laughing, man. <laughs> because y'all, because you know how we do it. I'm gonna finish this last bit. Like, sir, no, no, ma'am, no, no. You know, a lot of these companies target us. Like tobacco companies, they'll put multi pack coupons. You know what? I just made me think of. Um, there was an article that stated how the tobacco companies are triggering triggering the minority teens yep. by what you watch mm-hmm. they look at what we're watching um and they will um put that advertise mm-hmm. on those channels at those times yes and like if you look at a lot of like the corner stores that we have girl, you'll see 15 different we got all these cigarettes here for you yeah um and then like you look at like your your Walgreens CVS, that stuff is not advertised. But if you drive in one direction long enough to right away, you know, you know there's, they had a cool, the camel on the front, uh, the marble, like, like, and they, they advertise this. Um, and then even like the menthol cigarettes, um, historically, the marketing and promotion of menthol cigarettes has been heavily targeted toward African-Americans. Um, with culturally tailored advertising and messages, um, menthol in cigarettes is thought to make harmful chemicals more easily absorbed into your body. Uh-huh. The menthol helps you get more of the chemicals. That is horrible. Um, and some research shows that menthol cigarettes are more addictive than non-menthol cigarettes, and that's what they target to us. Mm. So... They give us coupons, they do all of that, but then ain't nobody got five on it for your chemotherapy treatment. Yeah. So, you know, don't, I feel like people always talk about staying woke. This is one of those things, like, you need, like, you need to stay woke because they are literally out here targeting us uh, with these menthol cigarettes. Everybody wants a pack of menthols. (laughs) They extra woke. Okay, so... You know, we will definitely post um, some free resources for people who are looking to quit. Truth.com is fire. Um, And I definitely recommend just taking control of today. It's still the beginning of the new year. And honestly, any day is a day for you to take a step in the right direction for your health. So we 
are encouraging you guys. We already have so many things that we are um, battling in regards to our health. Like, let's not add fuel to our own fire. Let's be a point of change. Let's be the person in our family that says, you know what? We're not smoking anymore. That's it. Um, because you can, you can be a change agent in your family. You really can. Booyah. Booyah. Quit smoking. Like, seriously, y'all, come on. Just cut it out, okay, please? Thank you. All right, so our health highlight on today is so fire. So from one end of the spectrum with a really crappy nurse to a nurse that is out here living her best life. Do you hear me? So um, there's a 32-year-old nurse who just became the youngest Black woman in Congress. Miss Lauren Underwood, um, she was elected for Congress. She graduated from the University of Michigan and John Hopkins University and is a registered nurse. And she is now um, the representative, see, I can't talk to you, the representative for the first time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, for the 14th Congressional District in Illinois. Um, she is working, um, so her transition came um, because she worked with the Department of Health and Human Services. Um, she that played a role in the implementation of the Affordable Care Act because she is fire. She was appointed by the Obama administration to help with public health emergencies and disasters, including the water crises in Flint. Um, she was born in Ohio, but raised in the suburbs of Chi-Town. And um, her inspiration to become a nurse um, or a healthcare worker came from doctors and nurses who helped her fight a heart condition that she was diagnosed with at age eight. That's dope. Yeah, so her having that pre-existing condition just kind of really fueled her passion for um, working to help others because sometimes you're just born with it. Like that's pretty much the story in the Nikki. <laughs> you're yeah. just born, you're just born with stuff. And so are you telling me that a baby that was born, you know, 10 weeks early, like now they're an adult and they can't get health insurance? That's they didn't even do nothing. Yes. <laughs> they I, not even out here smoking or nothing. <laughs> like, I absolutely love the the highlight the health or individuals who who are doing great things in the communities and i just think that minority women we out here are out here we and, and it's just crazy because i am on this little group me um and it's black public health and i just had to share this one for today like also just had so california governor appoints first ever surgeon surgeon general um, and the, it is Dr. Nadine Burke Harris. Um, she's the founder and CEO of the Center for Youth Wellness. Um, and she is uh, a minority woman and um, she's a pediatrician. Yes. Come yep. through, Pete. I, thought I, that I saw that story. Come through, Pete. Definitely dope. And so her main focus is um, combating the root cause of serious health condition. Um, for young families across the state. Um, and she hopes to improve the health of children exposed to toxic stress and trauma early in life. That's that ACEs. 
Yep. So that's dope. That's super dope. I love it. I love that we are showing that one as um as brown women we can get out here and in politics and get elected and do great things. Two, homegirl that's a nurse, like because I feel like sometimes people think that nurses we only are like robots that do whatever the doctors say, but y'all don't even know. <laughs> because we in there in there. The doctors like so now that I'm a, a provider, I come in round once a day but i rely on my nurses to keep me updated on stuff to let me know if something changes if something don't sit right in their spirit we addressing that like because we are the eyes and ears they're there 12 hours at a time um so i think that sometimes nurses can be overlooked and just the fact that she is the youngest black woman in congress and she's a registered nurse come through sis you better do that Lots of black girl magic over there. Okay, here. sprinkle, sprinkle. <laughs> they sprinkling it for us because we can't talk to them. <laughs> they gonna be great for us. That's how we uphold each other. <laughs> oh man, but guys, we appreciate you guys tuning in. We cannot wait. Like I said, next week our financial wellness is gonna be so fire that we had to make you wait a week. <laughs> so it's gonna be amazing. Um, Daisha is going to be on with us and we're going to answer your questions. If you have any financial questions, email us at admin at yourhealthislit.com or you can join our Facebook group. Join our Facebook group anyway because that junk is fire. This wellness challenge has been so dope. Like, y'all, like, I can't even wait for next week because as bad as I need to sleep right now, because I only had about three hours on today. Um, we come in for team no sleep because I'm not doing this on purpose. <laughs> so it is join our Facebook group. It's your health is lit. Um, and it's dope. We you can guys can talk to us directly. We're in there active all the time. Um, I cannot wait because we're gonna start doing some videos. So we have so many like dope things planned for y'all this year. You want to be a part? You don't want to miss the train? Don't miss the bus? Don't 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 not be in the Facebook group and then when y'all see us at Essence Fest, like, oh, I love your health is lit. Don't do that. You better hop on the you better hop on the train wise hot. Wise hot. <laughs> okay. Oh, yes. So guys, as always, we will talk to you guys next week. Many love, prayer, blessings. We're going to bed. <laughs> going to bed. Good night. Bye.